meditating on God's word day and night, then God's plans and purposes for your life will be manifested right before your eyes. Greater is coming. This is part 24 of the series. The title of today's message is Two Facets of God's Grace. We've been studying the life of David, uh, and I trust that this has been a blessing to you. Uh, but in our last message, I did something different. I took, instead of just going to a passage in the life of David, I took five key aspects of things that I teach on all the time, and I applied them to David's life. I taught on purpose, vision, faith, grace, and God's timing. So if you haven't watched the last video, <laughs> I recommend that you do. The link, if you're watching on YouTube, the link is going to be in the description. But I ask you to please watch that because I covered so much in that, in that video, in that session, in that teaching, that you got to understand those five key aspects of walking with God. This morning, as I was ready to go back to like another passage and just dive deep, the, the Lord was like, no, I want you to, to further emphasize the grace of God. So when it comes to God's grace, there's two facets. That's what I'm teaching on today. Two facets of God's grace that is almost like two sides of a coin that you have to understand as it relates to the grace of God. So you could really open up your heart to everything that God wants to do in your life, because everything God does for you, he does by grace and everything we do in response to God, we're supposed to do it by faith. So grace is God's part. Faith is our part. But where there is no grace, there can be no faith. We have to understand the grace of God. That's what we're going to talk about today. Grace, God's grace, two facets of it. So let's get into it. I have a lot to share with you. So I want you to really kind of lock in and open up your heart to receive what God is saying. Even before I get to my points, I'm going to give you some points because I got to teach you on the two facets of God's grace. So in one sense, God's grace has nothing to do with you, right? So in one sense, God releases things and does things for you that have no consideration for your performance whatsoever. He is doing things for us. But then in another sense, God's grace has everything to do with your performance because in that case, he's not doing it for you. He's doing it through you, right? So these are the two aspects. And in one sense, God is doing it because he wants to do it and it has nothing to do with me. And in the other sense, he is empowering me to do what I could never do without him. So I'm operating beyond my power, my ability, my strength, my wisdom, my education, my experience. And it is the grace of God. So I bring up these two key aspects of God's grace because in order for you to stand on the promises of God, I'm teaching on faith and patience. I'm teaching on how to believe God for the long haul so that you could become the man or the woman that God has called you to be. But in order for you to fully maximize the purpose and the potential that God placed inside of you before the world began, you are going to have to fully embrace the grace of God because without God, you can't do it. The Apostle Paul does a good job of explaining this, like, like this, this weird dynamic between us and God and God and us. Like right now I'm teaching. Is it me? Uh, yes. Is it God? Uh, yes. 
So who is it? Is it God or is it me? Well, actually, it's both, right? It's the grace of God through me. So Paul says it this way. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 and 10, Paul says, I am the least important of all the apostles. In fact, I caused so much trouble for God's church that I honestly don't deserve to be called an apostle, right? So this is the, like, no consideration for my performance. This is all God's grace. He says, God treated me with undeserved grace. But then he says this. Now, God made me what I am. Who I am today, I am by the grace of God. And God's grace on me has not been wasted. Now, I worked harder. Uh Uh-oh, this is where he flips to the other facet. He says, I worked harder than all the other apostles. Hmm. That doesn't sound right. So then he goes, well, let me explain. Although it wasn't really me doing the work, (laughs) It was God's grace and not me. And so there's this aspect, this dynamic. Well, is it God? Yes. Is it me? Yes. Is it me? Yes. Is it God? Yes. It's both of us. And so I'm working hard, but it's not really me. It's the grace of God in me. And then God is doing things for me that I clearly do not deserve. So here are the two facets of God's grace. Let me give them to you very clearly. Number one, there's a facet of God's grace where you don't do anything, where it has nothing to do with you where God is doing things for me and you don't do anything. This is the, the, the facet of, of God's grace that most believers are familiar with, right? If you read the Gospels, you will see account after account after account where Jesus blessed people and it had nothing to do with them. They did nothing, right? They did nothing to earn it. They did nothing to deserve it. It was the grace of God. Like, for example, the woman caught in the very act of adultery, right? So this woman obviously was not performing the will of God. She was in sin. She was committing adultery. So she did nothing to earn or to deserve forgiveness. She did nothing to earn or to deserve her breakthrough. However, she received forgiveness and she received redemption through the grace of God. It was completely grace. Like, for example, going back to David, when Samuel showed up at Jesse's house and says, I'm here to anoint one of, one of your sons to be the next king of Israel. And David came in and, and Samuel anointed David to be the king of Israel, it had nothing to do with David. David did not initiate the contact. David did not ask for it. David did not pray for it. it had nothing to do with David. It was completely the grace of God, right? It's, it's unearned, it's unmerited, it's undeserved. The apostle Paul, he explained this. The apostle Paul was like, not only did I not do anything to deserve the call to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, but I did a lot to disqualify myself. I mean, I was actually fighting against the cause of Christ. I was on the wrong team. I was working as hard as I could against the things of God, and then God called me anyway. So when you understand this aspect of God's grace, it is undeserved, it is unmerited, it's often unexpected, it's almost unbelievable. That's why we call it amazing grace, right? You got it? So that facet of God's grace is is mainly uh, understood. Here's the second facet of God's grace that I'm dealing with today. The first one is you do nothing. The second one is now under this facet of God's grace, I'm, I'm empowered to do, and I'm able to do what I could never do without God, <laughs> right? So, so this facet of God's grace is not as easily understood as the first one. Not only does God call us by grace, unearned, unmerited, undeserved, he then gives us the grace to fulfill the calling. Let me say that again. So God calls you to something by grace, He then gives you the grace to go do what he called you to do, right? So he gives us our purpose by grace, unmerited, undeserved. We did nothing to earn it. 
But then he gives us the grace to go achieve it. Because in scripture, without, well, there's lots of scripture on this, but without the grace of God, we can never do what we're called to do. So going back to the scripture that I just provided in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul acknowledged that God treated him with undeserved grace by calling him to preach the gospel because he didn't deserve it. And then he was like, well, then again, I can't go do what God called me to do if God doesn't do it through me. So, so there's this aspect of God is calling me or blessing me, unmerited, undeserved. I did nothing. And now God is on me to do what, what Paul says, I could work harder than all the other apostles. Now I'm able to do what I could never do without God. And, I, and you have to understand both facets of God's grace if you are going to become the man, the woman that God called you to be. And if you are going to leave the mark in this world that you are called to leave, you got to understand grace. Without grace, Paul would have never been called to preach the gospel. And without grace, Paul could not fulfill the call. And that's what basically it boils down to. Without grace, David would have never been called to be the king. And without grace, he would have never ruled the way that he ruled. Without grace, David would have never killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Without the grace of God on him and empowering him, he would have never killed a giant with a slingshot and a stone. So what I'm saying is you got to understand both aspects of this type of grace, the God's grace. One, uh, because if you understand this and you open up your heart to both sides of it, then you will have the faith to believe and the patience to endure because you'll be able to believe that God wants to give me what he wants to give me, not because I'm good, but because he's good. And then when it dawns on you that you can never do what he's calling you to do, then you can say, oh, wait a minute. God will put his super on my natural and I will be able to do what God called me to do because I'm anointed for such a time as this. You got it? All right. So what does this mean for you today? I know this is straight teaching. I'm not going to preach today. I'm giving you teaching, but you need this. Like what I'm, what I'm teaching right now is very important. So I've already given you a lot, but I'm going to give you five quick things as I close. All right. You ready? Five quick things. Here we go. Number one. God looked past your faults, your flaws, and your failures. He did. You are messed up. You're not worthy. Get over it. You're not worthy today. You won't be worthy tomorrow. God looked past your faults, your flaws, and your failures in order to call you to your divine assignment. He knew all the mistakes that you were going to make, and he called you anyway. That is the grace of God, and it's amazing. Number two, God ordained you to a specific assignment before the world began, and he did this with a foreknowledge of every decision and every action, every decision you would take, every action you would make. And so, so he knew what you would do right, and he knew what you would do wrong, and he called you despite your shortcomings. So God blesses you because, of, because he's good, not because you're good. And this also means that you cannot disqualify yourself because number one, God already knew you was going to mess up. And number two, you can't disqualify yourself from something you never qualified for in the first place. Jesus qualified for you. That's called grace. Number three, when you open up your heart to God's grace and his purpose, not only can you answer the call, okay, God, I'm ready to, to, to be whoever you call me to be, when you quickly realize that you can't do it, that God is actually calling you to do something that's beyond you, you then embrace the grace of God. You have to embrace the grace to even accept the call. Now you have to embrace the grace to go do the call because you can't do it without God. He's calling you to fund things that you don't have the money for, to walk into rooms that you're not qualified for, to talk to people that you don't have the experience to talk to, to lead pro projects and programs that, that you don't have the education for. He's calling you to do this and you say, okay, God, if you want me to do it, since you expect me to do it, I believe that you've equipped me to do it. Your super is on my natural. You got it? Number four, uh, in Romans 11 and 6, 
Paul explains that you cannot work for grace. Say this, say grace is a gift, all right? So grace is a gift. Now, if I give you a gift, you can't work for it. If you work for a gift, then it's not a gift anymore. If, you're, if I give you something, but then you want to work for it, then whatever I gave you becomes payment. It becomes payment for what you're doing. So in Romans 11 and 6, Paul is like, you can't work for grace because if you try to work for grace, then it, be, it becomes payment. It's no longer a gift, and then grace is not grace. You know, it's like merit. And no, you can't work for a gift. All you can do with a gift is, is embrace it. So, but while you can't work for grace, Ephesians 2 and 10 says that once you're born again, once you're in Christ Jesus, you're supposed to spend the rest of your life doing the good works that God has called you to do, that, that he before ordained for you to do, that he called you to do from the foundations of the world. So while you can't work for grace, you work by grace. So I can't work for the grace of God, but I do work by the grace of God. And so in John 14 and 10, Jesus said, it's the father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. So the father's living in me. He's giving me the words. He's performing the work. I'm not working for grace. I am working by grace. And when you understand this, you, you can work harder than you've ever worked in your life. You can get up early and go to sleep late and you don't, your, your body doesn't burn out. Your, your mind is not exhausted. You're not pulling your hair out because you know you're not the one doing it. It's God living in you. He gives you the words. He performs the work. Number five and finally, I've given you a lot today. Last thing, God calls you by grace and then he gives you the grace to fulfill the call. So look at me. Please accept God's assignment by grace, knowing that you can never earn it, you can never deserve it, and then go out there and walk it out by grace, knowing that God is on you and in you and with you and for you. David understood this. That that's how David went from a shepherd boy to a sitting king. It was the grace of God. I've covered two facets of God's grace today. You got to understand both in order to maximize your purpose and potential. I pray that you receive this message. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and, uh, and declare this over your life. You ready? I want you to say this. Say, Father, I expect to become the man or the woman that you call me to be. My expectation is based solely on your goodness towards me. Both facets of your grace are in operation in my life. I was completely undeserving and you called me anyway. And now that I've answered the call, you give me the grace to fulfill it. I have the grace to do everything that you've called me to do. And I declare that I will. Like Paul, I acknowledge that I am who I am by your amazing grace and your grace towards me shall not be in vain. I will leave a mark on this world that will not easily be erased because I'm not the one doing it. It is you, Father. You live in me. You give me the words and you perform the work. This is why I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and sign up. Click on the subscribe button. You'll get all my notes. This is one of those messages where you might need the notes. Get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Just go to todaysword.org and subscribe. Listen, go into this day knowing 
that there are two facets of God's grace. God called you to something that you don't deserve. And now God is putting his super on your natural so that you can go do it. Embrace both facets of God's grace and you will become the man or the woman that God has called, destined, designed, and desires for you to be. I love you and God loves you more. Please do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message has been a blessing to you, I read every comment and then share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing week. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.